Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. I'm Dan Rosell, and I'm joined by John Fisher. And John, we were talking a little bit before the episode started, but why don't you tell the audience what you told me um, right before we uh, hopped on the call here? So we are recording this after the Devils' failure in Nassau County at Uniondale at the old Nassau Veterans NYCB, whatever they're calling it, live. Yeah, whatever. Um, And shortly before having to record, I had to use the bathroom. And wouldn't you know it, Dan, I found the devil's defensive effort in my toilet. It's the damnedest thing. I literally saw some Severson, some Kulikov, some Smith. And and what's even more remarkable is that after, you know, I did what I had to do in the bathroom, I looked down into the the trash can and I found the first two periods of the game against Washington. It's unbelievable how this keeps appearing in my apartment that I get to witness such terrible performances. I, I figured you'd find Votnin somewhere in there too, but I'm not sure. Um, I figured you'd find a big old heap of Votnin in there as well. Oh, there's a whole lot of heaps <laughs> to uh, go over over the last uh, two games from the New Jersey Devils. And to be a little more serious, let's be real, Dan. This is the Garden State of Hockey. We keep it 100 on the Garden State of Hockey. We're not lying yeah. to you. We're not selling you narratives. You're, we, we, we're we the people who matter, talking to you, the people who matter, because we're Devils fans. We're not Ken Danico. We're not Steve Cangelosi. We're not, you know, whatever narrative that is being out there. But the harsh reality is that the Devils have played exactly two acceptable periods of hockey over the last six in regulation. And you can make an argument that maybe the third one tonight, the third period tonight, shouldn't really count as acceptable, which means you wouldn't have to say five out of six. And this may shock and amaze everybody, but the Devils didn't win any of these games that we're going to be discussing. So it was strange because I'm going to just group these games together. I mean, I don't really, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have much in me to talk through the goal-by-goal summary um, of these games. Everyone saw what happened. You blinked, and then the Devils were down 3 nothing. That's what happened in both games. Um, And Mm -hmm. it really... When we talk about high danger chances for the Devils produced almost zero, they have produced uh, less than I mean, the third period may have been an exception, um, but against the Islanders, they've had several periods and several games where they couldn't manifest more than two high danger chances for. And that is an issue when your biggest problem is scoring goals at times where it matters. I want to put that caveat because mm-hmm. the Devils have been score affecting their way to actually respectable score lines in games that don't look like they deserve to be as close as they were. And what do I mean by that? Well, the first two periods against Washington, uh, the Devils quickly saw a 3-0 deficit develop in front of their eyes. Uh, They managed to pull one goal back before allowing another one to get to 4-1. And entering that third period, it looked very bleak. And then for seven minutes, they decided to play hockey and to play hockey well as they roared back to tie the game up. And of course, because we can't have good things this season, Vrana continues to destroy the Devils this year. Uh, He is faster than everyone on the team, Hughes included, it seems, and he has absolutely torched the Devils every chance he's gotten, and Washington took that one in overtime. Now, it's hard to complain about a result like that when you enter the third period down 4-1. to Absolutely. I mean, as I said in overtime, even before overtime, is I'm not even mad if the Devils lose it beyond overtime because... A, this is the first time the Devils have gotten any positive result against the Capitals. And you can make an argument that the previous game against the Capitals, the one that we lost 3-2, you could say the Devils may have 
deserve to get something out of that one. But as you and I both know, deserves means absolutely nothing in mm-hmm. sports. But, you know, going into this 4-1, and not just four, down 4-1, four, but the Devils played an absolutely terrible period in that second period in Washington. They got out-attempted by a near 2-1 to one ratio. They got outshot 11-6. to six. They, they gave up 12 scoring chances to 4, and the Devils gave up the, the stupidest looking four on four penalty, um, four on four goal that I've seen in quite some time. Dmitry Kulikov managed to fail on a soccer kick from a pass that led to the fourth goal that was scored shortly after Zajac found a uh, in front. And of course, Sprong opened up the scoring of that period because he's fast and beats everybody. It's also of noted that Scott Wedgwood played in this game. And I do want to emphasize for both of these games, I wouldn't blame the goaltenders. Yeah. The numbers may not look good, but if you're blaming the goaltenders for these two results, you're not no i am not accepting this i am not down with you i'm keeping it 100 with you guys i ain't down with it's that. hard to can't make it's me. hard to play goalie when you are left out to dry um, almost every possession for a large exactly. part of the game there were two on ones three on ones yep. three on twos yep. two on o's today back, um back doors all open all over everyone is sitting in front of the devil's net completely unaccounted for the defense has been sleeping in that danger area in front of the net they do not care if someone's standing there ready to tip in the puck with just the most ease you could possibly see um and as a bonus i guess the penalty kill wasn't the reason they lost yeah did they give up a goal against washington sure but a lot of penalty kills give up goals against washington However, they kept the Islanders off the board on the penalty kill somehow, despite giving them five opportunities, including a double minor. And what those penalties against the Islanders served to do was effectively take the Devils out of the game while not through goals, but through time wasted, as they spent most of that third period shorthanded when they weren't actually trying to furiously catch up like they did the game before. And it seems that they need some sort of colossal deficit to attempt to, you know, begin to play the game of hockey in some acceptable way, as these third periods have looked better and they found their scoring touch uh, one way or another. But the fact that Maltsev and Sharon Govich each have four goals, and Corey Massasak pointed this out, and they are tied for fourth on the team should tell you all you need to know about the Devils' scoring woes this year. It has been very, very bad. It's good that Hughes got yep. a wonder goal uh, at the end of the game to make it five to three after the Devils just left um, Brock Nelson in front for some reason. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's something that you look at the first two periods of this game, and again, you say, how were the Devils even within two goals, let alone like? five goals. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the sad thing is, you know, again, in the Washington game, it was a classic example of, you know what, you're up four one, you take the pedal off. That's just human nature. I mean, we see it in soccer, we see it in football, we see it in basketball, you get a big lead. And then the other team has the space and the, and the leeway and and more importantly, the less pressure to go and attack. And the devils got very fortunate that Vitek Vanacek decided not to have a good game. Um, you can't tell me he did well when Sharon Govich literally blasted a wrist shot, you know, straight up at him from like 40 feet away. Like <laughs> that was not a good goal to mm-hmm. allow. And that helped things go. But the Devils were able to be more aggressive, get looser, get use their speed in a sense, be willing to activate their defense. And lo and behold, they get offensive opportunities. The Capitals really can't respond. And, you know, the Devils claw their way back, fortunately, to do this. Unfortunately for the Devils, they were playing a much better um team in terms of coaching in terms of preparation in terms of structure and 
this was this word was used way too many times. I watched the Islanders broadcast because it was an HD. I have Optimum, so Optimum decided nope, nope, no HD for the Devils broadcast. Which so I got to listen to Butchie instead of Dano uh, for the game, and I got to hear the word identity heard so many times. I almost I almost expect the team to be called the New York Identities. But more seriously, is that you know Casey Zekas, Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck on paper you think oh. These guys are scrubs. These guys should not, you know, these guys are relics of a former past in hockey. You know, the Islanders should look to get younger, look to put more talented players, players with potential instead of these three slugs, except these three slugs played like Diet Barzell tonight against the Devils and completely, you know, kicked the Devils' butts all over the place to the point where Mackenzie Blackwood was the main reason why this game wasn't a 9-3 loss or an 8-3 loss or even a 7-1 loss because, you know— the Devils gave up literally 12 high danger chances in that second period alone to the Devils one. Like this, the, 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 the Islanders are just bodying, bossing and wrecking the Devils with the puck, not with their bodies. If anything, the Devils own physical play did them in because they bumped two Islanders. Uh, I'm sorry, two times they bumped into Blackwood for goals against. Yeah. It's like this, like, like Blackwood had every right, in my opinion, to let up a couple softies in the third period and just you know, run off to the bench and start spitting verbals at him like Mussolini from the balcony. Like, you know, he had, he, I failed. He earned that right uh -huh. to be this mad. I mean, Blackwood was the only guy for the first 40 minutes in the um, game against the Islanders where he showed up. And Wedgwood, he did as well as he possibly could, given the situation against Cap the Capitals and against, you know, guys like Ovechkin and Kuznetsov and Backstrom and Verona and Orlov and Carlson and so on and so forth. So, I mean, this is why I say the goaltenders don't really deserve the blame here, and it's why I have so much more ire for the skaters, specifically the defense, specifically guys like Severson, Smith, Kulikov, uh, Vatnin. I mean, strangely enough, the only guy I'm not mad at is Subban. Mm -hmm. Like, Subban was legitimately decent enough in these two games. Mm -hmm. It was these other guys I just mentioned that either cost the Devils goals directly tonight, gave up high-danger chances to guys that they really should be defending against, um, they were just heinous tonight, and it's a modern miracle the Devils didn't lose this game by a larger margin. Yeah, thanks to Vatanen 2.0 has been heinous. He has been completely yeah. absent defensively. Um, mental lapses are all there. It looks like he has no idea what's going on in the defensive end. And again, that is a you know consequence of a lot of different factors playing in, but it is clear, it is abundantly clear that before the third period of any game, um, and any recent game, for some reason they figure out one part of their game and then the others just collapse. The power play is still useless. The penalty kill yep. has looked markedly better these last couple of games. So obviously they've done some work to address that because not giving up a goal to the Islanders is pretty good work. Giving up only one. Especially since they gave them 10 minutes to right, play with. <laughs> and only giving up one to Washington is still better work than they were doing earlier in the season. And again, they kept Boston Absolutely. off the board on the power play. They did a lot of good things. However... You can't just fix one game and then let the others recede. The five-on-five -five play has been a disaster, has been so unfortunate for the Devils in a lot of ways, and not just the fact that they can't finish their chances, but the quality of chances that they've been giving to other teams is abhorrent. They have left their goalies yep. completely out to dry, and it is clear that the coaching staff does not have answers. These players do not have no. answers for this right now, so something needs to change. And the Islanders game is a definite, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Indictment mm -hmm. 
let's use another I word, the New York indictments. No, um, just indicted this coaching staff because against the Capitals, they only allowed two high danger chances. A lot of the Capitals stuff came from, you know, longer distances granted across, you know, passes across the Royal Road, guys still being open when they shouldn't be. But it's not like the Capitals just crashed in the net and scored goals. And, you know, there you go. I mean, the Islanders tonight, again, as you said, the Devils gave up two on ones, two on O's, three on ones, uh, three on twos. They gave up, you know, a lot of power play time for their, you know, contentious penalty kill that they have. I mean, the Devils literally asked Blackwood to be fantastic, and it still yielded five goals against because Dmitry Kulikov couldn't do his job at all. It, it, and, and you got Kulikov bumping into Blackwood for the second goal against. So you got Severson putting a goal against Blackwood while uh, Svatnin uh, tumbles Wallstrom into Blackwood, which <sighs> led to a failed challenge. And because guess what? When you, when you bump a, when you body a guy into your goalie, you're not getting the interference. No, call. especially when your own player uh, scores the goal. Exactly. I mean, the ref didn't even bring that point up. They just said, "No, he bumped you, body washed him into the goaltender." We're not calling interference for that. You know, I mean, like you got to help your goalies out, and it's and it's a damn shame, Dan, because you know while the numbers look terrible for Blackwood as of late, and they definitely didn't look good for Wedgwood after his shutout win in Boston. I think those guys did as well as they possibly could have asked, given the level of work that they had to deal mm-hmm. with. It's literally the 18 guys in front of them. And it kills me that in these two games that it required a big deficit before they started to say, OK, let's just throw some let's just make some things happen and, and go from strength to strength. And they get lucky tonight against the Islanders where Kwakinen puts in a popped up shot from Subban from long distance, which does annoy me a little bit because it means Subban's going to keep firing 60 foot prayers that aren't going to get answered. Um, and, you know, Maltsev scores a goal that I think, you know, I don't know what Ilya Sor- Sorokin was doing. I think he just had a mental lapse going, Oh, I have to make a save. Well, uh, I don't blame him considering you know, the devils had zero yeah. high danger chances through the first two periods. That's right. Correct. Zero. And to 15, to 19. Like, well, By the end of two periods, it was 19. Oh, you're right. You're looking at all situations. I was just looking at oh, five yeah, on yeah, five. Yeah. But, but, the point, but you, the point is still the same here. The Islanders absolutely shredded the Devils' defense, and the Devils literally couldn't figure out the Islanders' defense in, four, in their fourth game against them. It's not like the Islanders are – that's the thing about the Islanders in general, Dan, is that a lot of people get frustrated with them because they look at their lineup, they look at the cap, and they go, oh, they're not built for the long term. You know, these guys aren't that good. They should have gave Josh, Josh Hosang more minutes because he's special, even though he's got John Quenville numbers in the AHL. Um, but this, this is a team that does their job. You know, it's like an old Italian soccer team. They're going to play a Catanaccio. You know what they're going to do. On paper, you may go, eh, these guys aren't that great. But they're literally the definition of a, a, the parts. The sum is greater than mm-hmm. their parts. And they have the quote-unquote identity so, such that a line like Casey Zekas, Matt Martin, and Cal Clutterbuck can shred through your defense and outwork you guys, outwork the de- de- like they did to the Devil's Defense tonight, without necessarily needing to go all physical and goony. I mean, they can do that, but they didn't have to tonight. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they didn't. It, to. They were wide open all over. It the would place. also be helpful if the people responsible, most responsible for providing the Devils with offense, were given opportunities to provide them with more offense. As Hughes and exactly. Brett were two of the least played uh, forwards tonight. Um, Janssen was stapled to the bench for a while for the second straight game, but he came back to yep. deliver a nice assist to Hughes at the end of the game. And it looks like, you know, Hughes, Janssen, Brat is still something that works to uh, to some extent. But 
they're just not getting time out there. And a lot of that had to do with spending most of the third period on the penalty kill, uh, which they don't play on. But it's still less time than anyone would want to see for those three guys. And I'm trying to figure out why Brett has been in the doghouse for so long. Um, it, It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I hope that it's not something that stays moving forward. But this team is out of sorts defensively they can find a way to turn yep. on some gear to create some late and often meaningless offense and i don't believe they've been shut out yet this year have they no that's that's one of the few things that we can say is actually a step forward because last year's team for example they got shut out fairly regularly like you i don't want to say you could set your watch to it but it was pretty close mm-hmm. to that like you you would just see a performance and they were like well, like, for example, against the Islanders tonight, you know, the Devils took half the game to get to 10 shots on net. And, you know, that was also their 10th shot on net was the last one of the second period, which tells you exactly how well that second period went. You know, whereas under the John Hines era, if the Devils were doing that, then you just you, you could pretty much bet on the Devils not scoring yeah. a goal. At least, you know, the Devils have been able to get consolation goals. And if there's one positive I could take out of both games outside of the fact that they dragged the Washington game to an overtime that they honestly didn't deserve based on the first two mm-hmm. periods is the fact that the biggest problem that's been hurting the devils ever since their comeback from the coronavirus outbreak is that their shooting percentage as a team cratered. Mm-hmm. But in the last two games, you know, against the Washington capitals, they scored four five on five goals, which is something they have not done in a very long time. And tonight they scored three in one period at five on five. Now, Obviously, it would be great if their power play could do something, anything remotely close to what a power play should do. And it would be also great if the Devils could make things happen in four on four and, you know, maybe toss in a short <laughs> some here. You know, you know, I'm just I'm just throwing out ideas. Yeah. Here. And what but hasn't you're starting, to, but you're starting to see some plays actually go the Devils yeah. way where they could score. Now they just have to like, you know, do it in the first period as opposed to the third period after being down three or four goals. Well, a lot of the guys who have been more involved offensively, and we talked about that first pairing of Smith and Severson, uh, they have had a really tough run. They have had an abysmal yeah. four or five games now in a row where they have been just yeah. completely destroyed in their own defensive zone and it doesn't even look Absolutely. close. No, tonight's game for the Islanders was probably the worst game of Severson's season, which is sad because Severson has been legitimately great this season. Smith has been a very good rookie, but this was a terrible game for Smith. This was probably Kulikov's worst game, and and Vatanen just continues to find new lows to make me think maybe the Devils should give Connor Carrick a game. Yeah. And that's a bad thing to say to him. Because Connor Carrick is well, they shipped him to Binghamton too, and they brought up uh, Josh Jacobs to try and oh. uh, maybe work him oh. into the lineup. So I don't know what the deal is with that, because I, I know that Carrick went from Taxi Squad to Binghamton. Um, okay. So we'll see if Jacobs can, uh, you know, factor in these next couple of games. But yeah, I don't think Butcher's very helpful with something like this. I really don't know what the solution has to be, except as we approach the trade deadline, kind of start to move guys and again if we don't see improvement this upcoming weekend it doesn't get any easier it's two straight games against the same exact islanders and you're at home so you should you're gonna have the last line change guys well here maybe like use it the islanders you know we know the devils have been better on the road than at home uh but the islanders have been unbeatable at home they have been yep. just absolutely destroying everyone at home so if the devils were victims of that yeah exactly so if the devils were victims of that sure but they also didn't do their best to make it a competitive game the defensive effort and the offensive effort through the first two periods was just not there and i don't know what message has 
has to change. But it is clear that this coaching staff has to ch- has to have some sort of shakeup. There has to be inspiration that comes from somewhere if it's not coming internally. You need someone to motivate these guys because I know they may be exhausted, but the efforts are just not there like they were at the beginning of the season. At least with the early losses, it looked like they were trying their best out there until the final buzzer, and here they're, they only start trying in the third period these last two games. So we'll see if anything yeah. changes this weekend. But again, these games were so eerily similar that uh, it's just kind of easier to lump them into one stretch of okay they've been bad and again the only game they've won in the last two weeks has been against boston somehow so maybe it's just this weird the devils have their number situation but everything else you know four out of the last five games you could argue were their worst games of the season three of the last five i'd say the washington game like the washington game was not overall a bad game they did get a point out of it and they fought back well so it's hard to group that in with the rangers losses but each of those was subsequently you know worse than the last and then this loss was um really hard to watch until the beginning of the third period and then hard to watch right after they left nelson alone on the doorstep if you stayed to blame kulikov yeah if you stayed tuned in though uh, you saw jack hughes score a nice goal so that's always a positive sign and we'll see how that develops moving forward but yeah i i've got nothing more to say about these games we're just looking ahead to the islanders and really the trade deadline because a lot of this team is not going to be around for the hopeful eventual development of the devils it's starting to get extremely frustrating and you know, again, a lot of things this season have gone wrong for them between the curse, the witch's curse that Nico Heischer has put on himself somehow, and um, the fact that they had a team-wide outbreak of a respiratory disease that they still look exhausted from, quite frankly. So, I don't know. It, it's just worth looking ahead at this point. It is. Um, I'm. We'll talk about the trade deadline as it gets closer, because... It is actually more challenging than most other trade deadlines because nothing is ever easy, Dan. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, just as a final point, I guess if you want to emphasize the difference of where the devils are as an organization and you, you tend to compare yourself against peers. First and foremost, the devils don't have the worst organization in the division. That would be Buffalo, who I just recently learned doesn't even have scouts in most of the active leagues in, in the world right now. Um which is weird because we know the Pegulas have money, so I don't know how you not have scouts. Mm-hmm. They're also um, looking to sell the like... team, allegedly. I don't know if there's much credence yeah, to well, that. but Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen yeah. to that. But the point is, look at the Islanders tonight. You know, Maybe this Islanders team is not built for the long term. Okay, I guess if you want to have a criticism of Lou, it's that he doesn't do long-term planning particularly mm-hmm. well. But let's be real here. The Islanders over the last seven years, their fans have a lot more to be happy about. Yep. Their team has been to the playoffs. Their team has been competitive, at least. And I'll be honest with you. This is, you know, the New Jersey fan base isn't similar to, say, Buffalo's, which is why I started with them. Because in Buffalo, they understand they may not be winners, but they just want a a good, honest effort. They want to be competitive, at least. And Buffalo, for a while, has not been competitive. The Devils, arguably, have not been competitive. I would argue, in some ways, this season it's better than what it was over the last five years of John Hines, with one season being accepted. Um, but the Islanders, on the other hand, you know what? This is a team that will be in the playoffs. This is a team that takes care of business at home. And even if the game goes against them, like it usually does on the road, except when they're playing the Devils, um, you know, 
they put in a solid effort and they are a tough team to break down. They are just ahead of Boston in terms of goals against their, they scored 80 goals um, or 79 goals. I should say this season, they have 16 out of 17 games, won in regulation. Like this is a team that's well coached, well structured. And on paper, the individual parts may not be that great. And the contracts for some of them are going to be hideous in just a couple of years. But this is a team that's way ahead of where the devils mm-hmm. are. Yeah. And and it, and it, and it, it's right to think after a loss like this one, where you start thinking, you know, where did it all go wrong for the Devils? How come the Islanders have figured this out without having first overall draft picks, without having, um, you know, super rich owners come in to save the team? I'll credit they're they're building a nice new arena, and that's great. They're staying in the island. They're not in Brooklyn anymore. But uh, how come they figured it out, and how come they're being successful, and the Devils are still? All we can say about them is that they're better than Buffalo. My hope is that um, given the news about the NHL returning to ESPN with the theme song intact that I associate frequently with Devil's playoff appearances, um, maybe they'll get back to some version of the Halcyon days there because this last stretch has been very unfun to watch. One playoff win in the last eight years is not going to cut it for a market that cannot really you know that doesn't get the kind of support that other markets do with random players wanting to go there for no reason whatsoever besides the fact that they either grew up here or had some sort of weird connection or want to live in manhattan i'm just saying yep yeah and at the end of the day here you know you got to be competitive because even the most hardcore fans are and we i see this on all about the jersey i know you see it on all about the jersey i see it on twitter you see it on twitter i see it on reddit you see it on reddit the fan, a lot of the hardcore fans are justifiably saying it. Well, if the Devils are going to play like they did against the Islanders, where they don't care for 60% of the game. Why should I care? And I can't tell them that they're wrong to do so. I literally ended my part of the game thread by saying, guys, if you're in the week, if you're going to either game on the 13th and the 14th at the Rock, which is allowing limited attendance, so some of you may might, might be there. And if the Devils put out a performance like they did tonight against the at the Islanders, where they lost five to three and played like utter trash for the first two periods, which was a repeat of their utter trash first two periods in Washington, then you all know what to do at the arena. You know, this is, this is, these are the types of performances you need to boo off the ice or even better call up your ticket salespeople and say, sorry, man, I ain't paying for this nonsense. I might as well stay at home and save myself the tolls, the parking money, the food, and just, you know, enjoy the L's in the comfort of my own home. You know, well, the ongoing, why? Uh, why the ongoing risk of the pandemic as well. Like, I, uh, oh yeah, there's also that small uh, little. Pandemic like, why matter. would you endanger your life to see this team? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, we're none of us expected this team to be good this season. Like, I went back to the prediction post. I predicted this team would finish seventh. I think you predicted them to be finishing mm-hmm. eighth. A lot of the other writers at all about the jersey said so. A lot of the comments agreed with that. So in a sense, it's not like we can say, well, the Devils are failing our predictions here. I mean, we predicted them to be near the bottom of the division, and lo and behold, they are. But um, we expected this team to take a step forward in terms of being competitive. And quite frankly, despite how the scores may look, it's a classic case of the scores look better than what the performances do. And until that gets better, you know, I can definitely understand and increasingly sympathize with the people who just say, I'm out. Just, Just, I'm out. You know, call me when this team can play like they give it mm-hmm. in. 
And so we'll wait to see if they can turn things around this weekend. I mean, the odds are low considering how they've played against the Islanders so far, but they did get that one win um, way early on in the season. So who knows uh, how that'll look. But until then, we'll we'll have another episode for you after those games, and we're hoping that that is a little more pleasant to talk about because these last two have been equal parts frustrating as they have been disappointing. So, uh, like I said, hopefully the Devils turn things around so that at least this slow march into non-playoffs again is at least enjoyable to watch for some of us. That all being said, thank you again for listening to Garden State of Hockey. We'll be back here on Monday with another episode after the weekend series. And until then, we'll catch you next time. Go Devils? Yeah, I guess so. Question mark? (laughs) 